The Second Floor Podcast is a member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown and community supported. All right, welcome everyone to uh, this very special episode. I've got the one and only Matt Henricks on board, my uh, fellow fitness manager who works alongside with me at Good Life Fitness. And a fun fact about Matt is he started, you know, training jujitsu with me and he's starting to train Muay Thai again on the side. And he hands down has a relentless team, a motivated team of upwards of 10 personal trainers by his side at Burley District downtown, 12. 10 plus two and uh, has grossed the most amount of hours in our region with a thousand hours of personal training service this past month and counting. So welcome aboard, man. I'm excited to talk about your success with us on the show. Appreciate it, brother. And honestly, like, um, you know, sometimes I forget a lot of that as well, you know, as you're like just doing your job every day that, you know, we have a huge region full of amazing fitness managers and stuff. And, you know, being able to have a a team like I, I have right now has been quite the blessing and stuff. So I appreciate it. 100% man and it's it's cool to see because like for me as the years are going by i remember always feeling like i'm one of or the youngest person in the room Mm -hmm. and then for you to not only now be from what it seems you are you know the youngest manager within our region yet the most successful i just wanted to know how much that plays into your motivations or if you think about that or you just stay the course and you you keep going yeah like you know what like i would say it does for sure i mean i've always like prided myself as like as i'm getting older is like hey like you know i love to be that person that people are going to look at and be like hey he's 21 he's 22 right yet he's like acting more mature and that's always been something for me that you know i took a lot of pride in and you know even a lot of my friend groups like i surround myself with people that are older that are maybe doing a little bit more than me or just on like that path of like you know owning their businesses and doing these kind of things and you know the people my age are going to get there eventually too but i was like hey how can i fast track myself as fast as i can to do that and you know fortunately i line myself up with a lot of great friends and stuff that you know have those similar kind of goals where you know i could you know, align myself a little bit more with that. And then for me, you know, surrounding with that, it just adapted me to to create that a little bit more. So yeah, I would say it definitely drives me a lot being the younger person. And I'm glad you mentioned that because even when we were talking, you know, before we went on air, you were mentioning how much you have your friend circle and the people you surround yourself around to thank for um, just who you are as a person. And that's huge, man. I'm beginning to realize that for me the past three years where mm-hmm. I'm like very selective and careful of who I spend my time with because yeah. you know it's it's very cliche to say we're products of our own environment but uh you know when we have some of our audience listeners who may be you know around that 23 year old age same as you mm-hmm. and they're doing a little bit of an audit on who their friends are or they're trying to figure out how to find it um how did that work for you when we could kind of look at like what questions you asked yourself when it came to selecting the right friends or when you kind of look at your friends now yeah what are some qualities that they have where you're like okay this checks off the box of someone i want to you know really hang out with and then spend my life with yeah for sure you know i think a question i ask myself all the time is like you know where do i see myself in the next five years like if i could picture myself five ten years down the road and like what would that person be doing right now and you know if i'm hanging out with people that are five ten years older and they're in that position that you know maybe i strive for you know that's huge right you know i would don't want to be hanging out with people doing the same thing i'm doing now and that's okay i think being comfortable is an is a good thing for some people in life but you know if you really do have those aspirations and goals to like do a little bit more and just to you know have that lifestyle that you've always dreamed about you have to surround yourself with people that are doing that 
And I'm not a f- believer that like you cut friends off or like, you know, that if someone doesn't serve you something, you don't be with those people because at the end of the day, all every person in this world is fantastic, right? And everyone has their own, you know, ways of thinking and things that they want to do. But you also have to remember too who you are, right? And if those people don't align with where you're trying to get to, then sometimes it's not like you're cutting them off. You're just spending your time more with the people that you feel like are going to get you to that place. Like you and I, you know, like we're doing jujitsu together and I honestly love it. Like I think you and I have created and we're going to create even a better bond just because of the fact that I'm like, hey, you know what? I appreciate what Kenny's doing. You know, he's working hard at his his hobbies. He's competing. He's doing very well in this. And that's where I want to get to. Right. So if I'm surrounding myself with the people that aren't doing those kind of things, right, I'm never going to get there because I'm spending time on relationships that aren't growing me as that person that I'm trying to become in that five and ten years. Yeah, wow, that's so true, man. And when you when you say it like that, it reminds me of like that term that a lot of us use, where it's like you know, don't burn bridges. But but yeah. I think it's important people know what that like looks and feels like, right? Where mm-hmm. it's not like you're necessarily cutting someone off; you're just letting them know where your priorities are at, and you're not necessarily just going up to someone and be like, ah, you know what, you don't really serve me anymore. I'm not gonna tell you why, so I'm just gonna like cancel you and delete you off all my social media. Yeah, peace out. <laughs> yeah. And like that's what is that's what our generation does now. And yeah. then someone just goes, oh, okay. So I, I see how it is. Yeah. Like that's like another way of saying I don't want you in my life without an explanation. Yeah. And you know whether people do that or not, I think it's just important for like for us to vocalize what that's like, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like. This is probably industry specific because we get a lot of people who just ghost us until we get an answer on like, hey, like, do you want to do training? Do you not? But what I really respected about what you did, man, is like you knew that some element of competition needed to come back in your life. Yeah. And you just told me straight up. You're like, Kenny, I'm going to take some time. And I'm going to think about whether I do competitive swimming again, because that's something I did in my past, yeah. or I will step into combat. And when I make that decision, you'll know either way. Yeah. And man, I respected that because that just shows that like it gave me a clear indication of where your mind's at because that's a pretty big decision to make. Yeah. You know, instead of just like, yeah, man, like I'll come by. <laughs> I'll come by. And it's like, well, are you? Are you not? But you didn't do that. You and just like let me roll with you two times and I'm done. I'm like, man, I got submitted three times, man. I got to be out of here. So. And it happens, yeah. right? But like the ability going back to your point you made about friendships is that's why I feel like, you know, I, I really understand where you're at right now because I'm the same way. I grew up around a lot of older people, some good, mm-hmm. some, you know, gave me other lessons in other ways. And, you know, you get to a point where you start, um, you could say, evaluating who you want to keep. And mm-hmm. who you don't want to keep. Yeah. Right. And not that you're not wanting to keep this person because you don't like them. It's just they don't serve the future that you want. Exactly. You know? Right. And like, I think it's just like redefining your purpose because for me, it's like, you know, my whole life growing up, you know, I was huge into sports. Like, you know, I was a national level swimmer. I was like a top 50 Canadian for swimming. Um, I got into martial arts at a younger age. So I was doing that for six to eight years. So, you know, those two kind of elements of my life are always there. Right. So then, you know, when I was in high school and I was like, man, I got to play basketball and football and I want to try going pro and football. Like that was my dream. Right. But I never loved football. I don't think, you know, looking back at it now, I'm like, I love the competition aspect of football, but I didn't love football. Right. Mm. You know, also watching UFC videos all the time on YouTube. And I was still like watching, you know, I always had that like itch to want to shadow box all the time. It was like that thing that I'm like, wow, like, you know, maybe this was my calling and like something I really wanted to get back into. 
And um, after football, you know, didn't work out with an ACL injury and keep on retiring my, my leg, I lost that purpose. Right. So, you know, looking looking at that time frame when I didn't have football and I wasn't competing in anything, that was the worst mental stage I've ever been in. Right. So I was like working a lot, but I was never truly like feeling myself. Right. I was like going, waking up every day, doing something I love doing, but there's something missing. And that's kind of when you asked, uh, do the BJJ. And I was like, wow, like, you know, this is actually something I would love to invest myself back into. And I didn't know whether swimming was going to be that thing that drove that back or martial arts. But ever since doing it, it kind of redefines, you know, that drive and that, you know, that thing I was lacking in my life that I, I feel like it's fantastic. You know, I don't need to go out with, you know, drinking on the weekends and going to bars and stuff with my friends and stuff because I have something better that's outweighing the pros of doing that. That's awesome. Right. And I think, you know, finding that purpose in any industry is going to make anybody happy. If you want to keep that drive and that, you know, competitive, you know, nature and you want to do good at work and have that energy, you got to find that purpose in life that's driving you to work hard. So true. This episode is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. You know, for those who don't know, Matt's doing jujitsu at 6 a.m. with me and you, you, you don't not do that if you don't love <laughs> it, right? Um, I'm curious to know, and, and maybe I might, I might have an idea, but it's mm-hmm. funny because we've all been there, went to high school, something like football is you get into it. It's a staple of popularity. It's a staple of you're on, you're on the football team and you're the shit. Um, but like, what was your reasoning behind joining the football team yeah. and wanting to be a part of those all-star mm-hmm. sports when you kind of knew that martial arts and swimming were things you were really good at and still yeah. building? And then, uh, of course, if you don't mind sharing, mm-hmm. why at that time you kind of went 180 and tried other stuff? You know what, man? I think, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the coffin there. Like, it's just like, or just like the nail on the head there. I mean, it's like, I I think everyone as they're growing up, they're trying to find out who they are. And, you know, you see, especially in high school, you know, we're all trying to find those clicks and those parts of your life that you're going to fit in. And I was seeing those hockey players and I'm like, man, I want to be those cool hockey players. I want to be able to go in these tournaments. And, you know, I like the attention they got from girls and stuff. And I think for me, what drove me into football was I wanted to experience that. Mm-hmm. Right. I always knew I was athletic and it would translate. And, and I, of course, I loved football and basketball. Like those are always sports I, I, I grew up watching. But I think the martial arts didn't drive me in that sense where I'm like, there's a future in this. There's money to be made in this. And that's a huge part of anything that we're doing, right? Is, you know, are you able to not only do something you love to do, but is that actually going to fuel you to be able to purchase the things you want to do later in life? You know, I picture my life. I want to have a cabin one day. I want to own a boat. I want to be with like the, the people I'm the closest with and like having Christmas over at my cabin. Like those are the things I want, but would martial arts bring me there? And back in the day, I, the UFC was huge, but it wasn't like the same thing as it is now. And I don't even know if that's where I want to go to now because now it's more of a hobby because I found the career that I'm really loving. But I think now that I found financial stability, now I can start really pursuing that hobby, I feel like. So football for me was the way out to find that financial freedom in a way. But since finding training and, you know, becoming the fitness manager and running a team and learning this new love that I never knew that I had, right, it took away the parts that I was trying to gain out of football and I could go back into martial arts, something I actually love to do. Yeah, that's a very good point. And 
I, and there's no money in CFL anyway so, yeah, exactly. so honestly man once I knew my NFL <laughs> dreams were over I was done yeah. I'm like man you know 100 grand is nice but to tear my ACL like you know again it, it wasn't worth it so it's, yeah the yeah. risk factor right and for sure I I, I I like how honest you are there because you know for anyone who is that young we look at that again as an escape as like okay this is my ticket mm-hmm. and it's important to go all into something but then I would argue that whatever skills you're going to gain in that sport and whatever amount of confidence it's going to give you, what similar career path could it take you to if you need a plan B? Yeah. And, and look at our roles. Like mm-hmm. we have, I believe, every single one of our fitness managers who run a personal training team at Good Life all have either had or still are athletes. Mm-hmm. Like think about that for a second. And we're a very like our our roles are very competitive right we have targets to hit we have new clients to gain we have trainers that we need to take care of and everything in between there's this constant rush of like okay are my numbers are my skills are my habits every day going to be better than they were last month Mm -hmm. just like how an athlete would be and we're in the realm of fitness and i find that it's sad to see in here because i don't think you were this way but man how many athletes do you know who never made it and they beat themselves up about it. They fall into depression and yeah. they feel like they can't do anything else. Way too many. Honestly, mo- most people I know, like especially their first couple of years out of sport, totally get that. And I feel like if you really just use what you learned, like I think nowadays I have like something bad happens to me and I'm like, I want to learn a better lesson out of this. So football doesn't work out for me. What did I learn from that? Hey, maybe that wasn't the right thing for me. Maybe there's something, there's another door that's open that I have to go and pursue. What did I learn from football? I learned many great things from football. You know, not only the fact, like obviously everyone's going to say the camaraderie, whatever, but I don't even think that's the biggest thing. I think, you know, being able to handle criticism, you know, being not, you know, the top dog, Right. That's huge. A lot of people, you know, especially in hockey and, you know, um, a lot of these individual sports, you're always the top dog, you know, maybe not always in hockey, but, you know, there's so many people on a football team. Right. And it's nice to know that you're just a little piece of the puzzle. Right. You have to work on so many different kind of aspects to make sure that team does good because you're not leading a team to a victory. Right. Now that leads into workplaces. Right. As a fitness manager, I'm nothing without trainers that want to work. Right. I can give them, you know, how to do it. I can, you know, motivate them. I can try to manage them. Not even manage, I can try to lead them the best way possible. It doesn't mean that they're going to want to be there. Isn't that crazy? We'd be jobless without them. Honestly, like even <laughs> okay, when I first started at Good Life, I think for the first four or five months, I was like, why am I getting paid? I had no idea why I'm getting paid. I'm like, I am here. I feel like I'm not doing anything. Yes, I'm going through the motions, the systems, you know, I'm trying to motivate and be like that friendly person all the time, giving that amazing energy, like whatever it is. But I was like, am I really doing anything? Or am I just, you know, basically someone that's going to answer emails and be able to help them with certain clients? Submit a ticket here, do admin work there, sure. pretty much do all their stuff behind the scenes at that time. Yeah, and I, think, sure, I right? think a lot of people and CEOs and people that get into management, they always start thinking that way until you realize, hey, now it's working. You know, what I'm actually implementing is working, you know, little things here, you know, giving people affirmation when they need it, give accolades, you know, as an athlete, we love to be the MVP of the season. We like to have the most sacks or the most tackles or, you know, the most points in a basketball game, right? And getting recognized, right? And I think when you create a culture where you're recognizing your associates, right, you're giving them proper systems, you're leading by example, Right. All of these things together makes you a great leader. Yeah. Maybe for me making um, an agreement or selling a new client for somebody 
isn't, you know, indirectly teaching that person how to do it themselves, but what it shows you is that it's possible. Yeah. Right. And it's showing them that, Hey, you know what, if Matt can do this and he's doing this, 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 why can't I? Right. And it gives you that, you know, respect from everybody. If somebody says, Hey, you know what, I want to learn how to, you know, be better for my clients. How can I get someone to trust me in a one hour session? Right. How do I gain that trust over that period? Hey, you know what, maybe I'll go talk to Matt. When I first started, I wasn't getting that. Right. And it wasn't that people didn't respect me, but is that I started off at that same level as them. Yeah. Right. I was a trainer with them. Right. At that time. Yeah. Was I doing good? But I wasn't maybe that same person that I that I'm trying to be now. You're only contributing to your own plate, which at the time makes sense because that's all you that's all who you had to be responsible for. Yeah. You know, and now when you have a team of 12, uh, there's a quote that I always do my best to live by. And it was one of our quotes. Um under our junior black belt in Taekwondo. And it was lead by example. And then that's where usually people stop. Like, oh, lead by example. But it was mm-hmm. lead by example with energy and excellence. Yeah. So again, when you think about how, what we do at Good Life is, mm-hmm. yeah, we have peak attitude, energy. Excellence is let's follow our systems. Let's follow everything to a T, but bring in our own personality. Yeah. And then when you bring in your the team concept, think about any football team. You literally starting... Even for me at times, I just would want to be a part of the team. Yeah. Oh, look, the logo, the brand, the you know, the coach, the vibe, and yeah. everything makes you want to be a part of something. Yeah. And I'll tell you something that really hit me recently, because you said it you said it perfectly when you mentioned how, you know, you show the team what's possible. Is Rob actually said this to me, and Rob, for those of you listening, is our current district manager. He um I told him, I was like, Hey, guess who's coming back? He's like, Who? It's like Amrit. He's like, No way. I was like, yeah, Amrit, as you know, um, those don't know this, but he was running his family business while he was pumping out like 60 to 80 hours of personal training a month. Wow. And by running family business, I mean, he was working nine to five, Monday to Saturday and recently married. And then he was at a point in his life right now where he's like, okay, I have to make a fucking decision. Mm -hmm. Like I, I got to either choose a family business or I got to go full-time training. Yeah. And so he talked to our certain team members. He sat down with me a few times and he's like, Kenny, I think I know what I need to do. And I was like crossing my fingers. I was like, okay. You're like, you're going like, to the, train, <laughs> the training team, baby. Yeah, exactly. I was like, man, like, cause he's such a staple, man. Yeah. Like he's been in our club for five years. Like I always bugged him at first. And it sucks to lose somebody that close to you, oh, right? Because that's does, like your, man. and that's your brother, right? And that's like, you know, you have that workplace relationship. That was a servant truck, by the way. But you know, it so sucks to lose somebody like that. It is. Cause yeah. he's so part of the brand. Like it's, it's not just good life fitness. It's Amrit life fitness, man. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, Amrit, talk to me. And he's like, Kenny. He's like, it just makes sense. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm miserable there. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. He's like, if we can work out a plan for me to like make the money I want to make and go back to you telling me that management could be ideal to secure my future, then I just, he's like, yeah. He's like, I just want to go back to doing what I love. He's like, and it's this. And I just like, I was so pumped, man. I like stood up. I gave like the biggest high five. I was like, Amrit. I was like, first of all, congrats. I was like, this is must be such a load off your shoulders. And I was like, second of all, this is so good for your mental health, man. Yeah. And I'm sure you won't mind me sharing this, but like now he's like pumping out a hundred hours after being back for just a month. He's wanting to get to 120 and then get to level five. And like, he's now, he's like, Kenny, it's amazing. He's like all of COVID when I was just on the fence, 
He's like, I was just, you know, 60, 80 coasting. He's like, now when I mentally told myself I want to be all in and contribute to something and a team that takes care of me, mm-hmm. he's like, all of a sudden, he's like, things are just coming my way. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you shouldn't be surprised because like now you're all in. And going back to your point, this is when Rob said, he's like, Kenny, he's like, you should, you should, this is kudos to your leadership. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, because you're, you're, you're showing and you're giving a culture that he wants to be a part of. Yeah. And he's like, this was at a club once upon a time that didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Everyone was for themselves. And that's, man, where to your point, we think about our role sometimes. I've been there too. I'm like, oh, I'll be gone for a long weekend. I'll come back. And everything went smoothly. So do I even really need to be here? But that took reps. Like that took time. For sure. For our team to operate in that fashion. Yeah. And I, I think that even goes to show for anyone that's in management and, you know, a lot of these positions is, you know, reflecting back on your team is, you know, are we really having associates that don't want to work or are we having this bad bunch of people or, you know, maybe some self-reflection, right? You know, what are we doing that maybe isn't, you know, making these people want to, you know, be better. Right. And I think that it's really important to have that because, even when I first started, you know, there was a lot of drama within our team. You know, it was a horrible club culture. You know, we had half our team end up leaving for another gym in the city that I won't name. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we, we ended up losing a lot of that. And I feel like how do we rebuild something and, you know, make this place, you know, very warm and welcoming again. And honestly, I was like, hey, you know what? I have a lot of energy. You know, I want to be happy all the time. I want to spread that like positivity with everybody. And I think just even telling yourself that, like even meant like in your head is like, hey, I'm going to spread positivity today. I'm going to be, you know, the, you know, the nicest person in the room. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right. That will radiate with people because it's like the expression I use. It's like you can either be um, an energizer or, or um, an energy vampire. Mm -hmm. Right. Being an energy vampire is someone who's sucking all that life away. Right. We don't we know those people. You know, we work with those people. We have family members, unfortunately, that are those people. And, you know, all that we can do is be the opposite of that. Right. We can't dictate whether or not somebody is going to be more um, sucking up someone's energy than something else. We don't know what's going on in most people's lives. Right. Maybe they're going to have that realization like Amrit, right, where they're like, you know, and not calling him that because he's not. But, you know, you're not that realization where he's like, wow, you know what? I want to do this. Right. And sometimes that comes through a personal experience that has to happen on their own. Right. So we never know what's going on in somebody's life. So we can't get mad at somebody for that. We can only be the opposite. Right. We can only be like, hey, how can I make sure I'm creating this best club culture? Right. How can I make this so welcoming so that every person that I work with, whether they want to go do their family business, do something else, that they're always welcome to come back and they want to come back. Right. Kind of going on to your point. So, you know, it's really important to be like, hey, you know, how is the group that I'm surrounding myself at work? You know, what is the vibe like and how can I somehow make that better? Right. Yeah. We're going to have some bad apples here and there, but I feel like it's a more of a reflection on ourselves. And that's a great point. I'm glad you brought it back to culture because that's like literally an ongoing campaign. Yeah. Right? Like that's something where I noticed it's still, you know, something that I work on is I make it so clear to myself but I'm trying to find a way for my teammates, my you know direct reports, my trainers, all aware of it. So I'm curious for any other like let's just say managers or like entry level managers in the roles right now, mm-hmm. if they are listening to this and they're like so desperate to find out how you make it aware of your team's culture, mm-hmm. you know what are some of the things you've done that or or doing where like you're trying to make this hit home every day week or month and maybe like like some actual tangible strategies to make culture more ever present and top of mind for your team yeah i'll say first off you know this is going to be the one part of the job you don't get paid for 
and like, (laughs) and this is, and that's the true, true part about it. Like, Hey, you know, organize things with your team, right? Do things for, for your associates that isn't in the job prescription. And that doesn't mean, you know, we can't do great things that are involved in that, but Hey, go have a wing night with your team, right? That's just something that's showing that next level care. You might have three people show up the first time. That's what happened to me. Next time you have it, right? You're having 10 show up. They're bringing their girlfriends their boyfriends, right? And, and all of a sudden you start to really get to know people, right? Have a tangible, like, you know, goal setting session with somebody, know who they are. Right. Not just on a basic level as well. Like, you know, everyone wants to make more money. Everybody wants to buy a house. Right. Why do they want to Right. the same thing that we do with our clients? Right. You know, we're going to emotional goal set with our clients, emotional goal set with your associates. Right. They all have goals and stuff as well. And I'm sure they're not always doing it themselves. Right. It's important for them to verbalize it with somebody, especially with their manager. Right. Mm. You know, the more trust they have with you, the more open they're going to be with everything they're going to tell you. You know, I had a trainer the other day come up to me and tell me he's going to open a business up in two years. You know, I said, that's amazing. I said, well, you know what? I hope I can be the best manager for you for the next two years. And you can, you know, gain every single skill set that you can within good life to use that for your next endeavor. Right. And, you know, sometimes people might be like, oh, wow, he's going to leave like this. Maybe I won't give him leads. Why? Right. You know, no one's going to want to even have that realization that they love the job unless you're continuously doing that in the spite of somebody going through something. And that's kudos to your leadership, Matt, because he felt comfortable to share that with you. I've been there sometimes in positions where I'm thinking about where my life is in a year or two. And I'm just like, maybe I don't say anything. But Mm. the fact that he trusts you enough to share that, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's a hard conversation, you know, like I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of, you know, thoughts going back and forth in everybody's head, you know, like, Hey, if I had the opportunity, let's say, you know, my, my fighting was going super well. And I mean, this is like, you know, way like just so people listening, I'm not that as good as I'm going to make this <laughs> no, let's manifest but, it, baby. But, but let's say, for example, I got a call from Bellator or something like down the road and they're like, Hey, you know what? We would love for you to fight for us. I would probably leave in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. you know, because like for me, like that would be something that is like that, like box list of like things that I've always set out to do, do have been in some sort of professional organization for a sport. That's where you'd be all in. Yeah, right? I'd be all in. Right. And I, and I would say that to anybody, right. Because I feel like that is something that I am still pursuing to this day. And I thought after high school, I thought after, you know, I turned, you know, 21, like I'm 23 right now, but you know, I thought right when I turned, you know, 21 that, ah, it's over for me. You know, I don't have any time left. Man, this is an ongoing thing, right? We see weird things happen all the time. You know, it, it was just recently and um, I think it was a, an, a Lakers player. He came back and he was, I, th- I forget his name, but I think he was 30 years old and they had him on like a seven-day contract. I think it was, it was a few years ago. And they actually ended up signing him for a year damn i wish i hope somebody can like remember who that is and say it or something but i think that that's amazing because he never let go of his goal Mm -hmm. he never let go of that dream right it's an like that you said that is an endless pursuit and Mm -hmm. it's crazy i don't know where we're i don't know where we're getting it from to be honest these like like this generation's endless um you could say moments of i have a window and 
this window of opportunity uh, I need to capitalize on. And oh, if, if, if by this time it doesn't happen, it's too late, right? Like you experiencing that at 21 and then I've got this, I'll keep private, but I got a friend of a friend. It's like, it's, it's funny, it's cute, but it's also like, yeah. in between, it's also like, I had to like put my foot down on him and he's like 17, <laughs> right? So like picture how we all felt yeah. after high school and this is him and I just get a kick out of it because now I'm on the other side and I'm yeah. able to give advice. And he's like, Kenny, man, just, oh, I'm so stressed, man. I'm so stressed. And I was like, why, I was like, why are you stressed, buddy? He's like, two months, man, it's over. It's all over. And I was like, what's over? He's like, I'm graduating high school. I just, like, no more fucking around, man. No more. I can't make a single sliver of a mistake because, like, you know, I'm done high school and life's going to get serious. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, man. Like, great for, like, good for you for thinking. Like, you got to smarten up and whatever. But, like, yeah. man, I was like, give and take. Like, balance. Like, life is just about to get started. Like, it ain't over, man. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. High school to this day. Fun, shenanigans, right? Like, I even told him. I don't remember anything about high school, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I drowned it out, man. I hated high school. So. Right? Okay, so it's different for everybody. <laughs> Though, yeah, right? exactly. But like, he's the token. Like, reminds me of like me, and like he's like, oh, class clown, having fun, doing what he needs to do. Yeah. So he's like, man, and this is what he's stressed about, man. He's like, I'm not gonna be able to make jokes in class and like make the girls laugh. And I was like, man, it's like, <laughs> dude, dude, I'm telling you right now, man, you're gonna make the girls laugh with that attitude all the time, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't ever gonna end, man. Right? So I just had to tell him. I was like, listen, man. Like, wherever this pressure's coming from, yeah. turn it off right you have your whole life ahead of you just go one thing at a time and for me man like i don't know if you knew this like prior to the fitness industry i was that same way i I put more like i bit off more than i could chew i tried to like you know go do this side hustle while work this job that has like nothing to do with that side hustle yeah and then in between go and meet people for coffee who were really just pyramid schemes trying to get me to join their other side hustles and i was like oh man like I'm getting pulled left, right, and center, man. Dude, you're explaining men last year in my life. So, like, I, I find it funny how we all kind of go through a lot, like, the same kind of periods. Yeah. Right? It's it's funny. It's funny because, you know, someone like you and I, we have similar upbringings, you know, sport people, right? You know, we got into the fitness industry. You know, we're very social, extroverted um, humans. And it's funny how when you have a lot of these goals, you're like, I got to do everything. I got to make it perfect. And it's like, we have this, like, like you said, this narrow time frame is like, man, once I'm 30, it's over for me. Like exactly. I got to have a child and a family and like, and it's funny, but I think that a lot of that stems from the older generation. And I think that, you know, from my parents, and I think from a lot of parents that are getting older is they always like to kind of impose that on us now because, you know, for them, you know, they see, say, hey, you know, what could I have done better when I was younger? Could I have trained harder? Could I have trained harder when I was 17 to 23? When I was partying, was that doing much for me? Right. So our parents are always here to protect us always right and like the funny thing is that's where we get a lot of you know people that resent that a little bit We're like oh you don't understand like you know i'm gonna do this my way and i think that's where we are at is that we're like hey you know what we don't have to do it this way we're gonna do it our own way yeah. right and now we're like i don't want to get married at this age i want to get married at this age mm. right or like i don't want to um, go to school now i want to make my own business and it's like we almost do the reverse of what our parents want us to do. Yeah. Yes, we'll take their advice, right? And I, But I, I don't know if that changes and it just keeps on going through this loop or maybe it's just, you know, maybe we're just a different generation of that. It's very true. This, this can be taken in many different ways, especially we have a lot of uh, like 
you know, South Asian listeners where, yeah. you know, we're first generation Canadians, you know, and this is a small example, not directly related to me, but a small, small one, which has a bigger magnitude where it's like our parents were arranged marriage. And then, you know, whether they're expecting it for us or not, we seek to find love and it's different, right? Yeah. And that's not directly coming from my parents at all. I just know some people go through this, yeah. but you're making a good point about like, okay, what do we want to do for our life? Right. And I am someone I noticed where I am really bad with uncertainty. Like I always need an element of where's this going? When's the next tournament? When's my next vacation? You know, work. When am I going mm -hmm. to, you know, possibly excel or be promoted? Yeah. Like all these things I'm thinking of what's next. Yeah. But also I need to take a step back and be like, okay, wait, why am I this way? Yeah. And sometimes again, it's generational. It's like what you saw in a way from your parents' drive and yeah. hunger. Because like they, they needed to think this way every day. Yeah. They were going against the grain. They mm -hmm. came from a different country. Yeah. Right. So when you saw that work ethic, yeah. you grow up and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I got to grind. But then they tell you, hey, slow down. Like, because cause we, the, cause that's what they want, right? because they're like hey i wish i would have enjoyed more instead of grinding but the thing though is they got to where they got to because of what they did by doing that. right and that's like the same way i'm at as i'm like dad like i i understand exactly what you're saying but i want to learn those skills too right because what am i going to teach my, my children if i don't learn this myself yeah right what kind of habits am i doing every day right am i am i bettering myself one percent better every day am i continually you know eating a little bit cleaner? Am I working out just a little bit harder? Am I um, cleaning my room just a little bit better every time? Like, you know, and little things like that, and we're never gonna be perfect. And that's the one thing, you know, the beautiful, most beautiful thing about being human is that we're not perfect. We don't have to be perfect. We can mess up. We can go, you know, have a night out with our friends and, you know, wake up, you know, in the morning and be hungover. Like those are things that we're allowed to do. Mm. But, you know, are you still continually trying to get better? Become a, not even just better in terms of your career, but as a human, you know, are we just being a little bit nicer to people? Are we, yeah. you know, able to, you know, relate to people a bit better and just a whole bunch of these things. And what I've been learning, I think, especially over the past year, you know, like I said, you know, I am young. I haven't been doing this too long, but, you know, ever since I've started, you know, writing down my habits, you know, I've started reading a little bit more, you know, it's crazy on how much more content with myself I'm feeling. And, you know, the more I can even like relate to what my parents are telling me, right? Because I can understand where they're coming from. I'm like, hey, you know what? I can, I see now how hard it is to be disciplined, right? And how hard it is to get to that point that they got to and to become successful. And we do sacrifice. There's no, yeah. there's, there's no like, um, you know, saying that we don't sacrifice, you know, we sacrifice our social life, our friendships, Tons. relationships, right? And it's even for myself now, you know, eventually I do got to slow down, you know, if I ever want to find a girlfriend, I can't be working, you know, or doing things, I should say from 7am to 9pm every day. Yeah. Can't be working Saturday, Sundays. Mm -hmm. I can't be having a bartending job on the weekends. Yeah. Eventually right? there will be that give and take. That's where I'm at in yeah. life right now. But hopefully, you know what, we're doing enough right now. And the reason I would advise anybody to do this at our age at 21 to 27, whatever, like young age, is do this when you have energy. Do this when you are, you know, you have the ability to have seven hours of sleep a night, be able to wake up into the morning, work hard, keep on using your habits, no priorities, no mortgage, whatever it is, right? Use this time now to grind. And yes, you're sacrificing, but you're going to be able to have that later on doesn't mean that you can't have fun now. I mean, by all means, everyone has their own path. But I would say for myself, I'm like, hey, I got energy. I got great attitude right now. I want to take advantage of this 
before I lose it? Who's to say I don't get in a car accident tomorrow and become paralyzed, right? Hopefully by then, you know, if that does happen, I've done enough where I can at least have some sort of financial freedom where I can still enjoy a life, Mm. right? And I think that it's important for people to realize is that, you know, we have so much time, but we don't. So kind of going reverse of what we were talking about before is, no, there isn't a time frame on things, but we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. So it is important to also live today as if today is going to be like that day that you're going to work your hardest. You're going to do your best. Right. Because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Straight facts, man. You just lit a fucking thunder up my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Are you sure you need burritos last night? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. It better not smell in here. (laughs) But yeah, wow, man. Like the biggest thing that comes to mind there is like I hope you realize your parents must be so damn proud of you know the person you're becoming appreciate it you know and it's a, I, I don't say become because again it's back to your point like it's it's a it's a constant it's something we're all consistently working at especially in our youthful 20s mm-hmm. we have all this time we have all this energy yeah. to begin with right looking for a way to give back This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by ATB. ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes that they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and donate, visit atbcares.com. There's this term that comes to mind that's so cliche and I'm only starting to really understand it now where you know they say life is not a sprint it's a marathon you know it's a marathon not a sprint and i realized this funny enough through one of uh, my clients i'm training who's about to run his first marathon and he's so funny because he's like man like where does my pace need to be at you know where does my pace need to be at yeah. i'm like man man i was like you don't have to worry about pace <laughs> you don't have to worry about that like if anything you got to think about it you just got to worry about getting to 42.2 kilometers yeah so fuck pace right let's get your clicks in let's get your body moving let's make sure that you know we're, we're enhancing your flexibility and we're, we're strengthening up your legs all that fun stuff yeah but really when i think back on what you said in relation to that is you get to this like motion of constantly doing and getting your reps in to the point where some people arguably including myself i've been there we get bored yeah right we start we start going oh, okay i'm not no longer getting challenged okay then we stop going to the gym okay then we stop doing it but then you have to ask yourself, okay, what am I going to measure now? Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm now at a point where I'm running 20 kilometers easy, okay, now let me try and beat my last 20 kilometer <laughs> score, right? Let me now run and, and, and say hi to 20 people I pass while running. Yeah. But now you have a new KPI. For you sure. have a new key performance indicator you're tracking to make things fun again. Yeah. So now you could go into a week of work and you're like, all right, same thing. I'll gain four clients for the team and pump out 20 consultations and you know I'll, I'll do what i need to do to get my one-on-ones in with my team and, and don't get me wrong i've been there but sometimes it's like ah oh, this is the same thing but it's like wait a second now this month i'm gonna dial it back what's something that's missing mm-hmm. what's a piece of the puzzle that we haven't really brought our direct attention to mm-hmm. right so you know i i asked this and i want to transition and i don't know if you ever thought about this but um we need to know your answer you know, we talked about coaching um, yeah. in high performance athletics. We talked a little bit about parenting and we talked about like your own, uh, let's say, mindset from your own experiences. Okay. So you as a leader now, yeah. you know, when you think about you have a team of 12 trainers, the big part of your life is, is making um, an, an impact and influencing them. 
What is something you feel like that you directly or indirectly do that you've learned from your coaches, that you apply to your team, that you learned from your parents, that you apply to your team? And then there's just something that kind of just like, it's your own ingredient. You're like, ah, shit, this isn't even from my coaches or my parents. This is this is Matt Henrik, you know, bringing in my own strategy. Yeah. You know what? I would say, okay, I'll start with uh, coaches first. So I would say with my coaches, like the biggest thing I learned and it's, I've learned some many great things from my coaches. I would say the one thing though that I would put as like the number one priority list is actually a little bit more something I, I thought there was opportunity with with my previous coaches. And I think a lot of that is just being able to relate to everybody on the team. You know what? Like, you know, we all, you know, as growing up and like, you know, I guess in basketball and stuff, like I was like a hothead for sure. Like, you know, I was definitely a lot different person than I am now. And I was a great kid, but I was also like, you know, I wanted to be that kid doing the fadeaways and the in between mm. the legs and, you know, looking good. And I wish I had a coach that just like put me in my place, you know, just like really just told me that like, hey, why are you doing this? You know, why aren't you trying to be a part of the team a little bit more? And, and going off of that point, it's something my dad did a lot. Right. And I feel like my dad really set me in my way and said, like, you know, told me how it was. He's like, hey, you're not this hot shit that you think that you are. <laughs> you're not. Right. You're a part of the team. And the reason why, you know, you're not doing what you should be doing in these sports is because you're trying to be better. Right. Why don't you become a part of the team first? Right. And then if you end up having more points and stuff, that's great. But that shouldn't be like the reason why you're playing. And how I translate that with my team is I feel like it's important to really get on everyone as like a unit and a, and a kind of like that global identity. It's like, who are we, right? Like, what do we really ap- appreciate, you know, with our team? And I think Good Life does it great. You know, our motto is, you know, first off, you know, I think our is obviously to give every Canadian a fit and healthy good life. But um, I'm trying to think. I just kind of forgot it. But the, the motto that we have with... Um, um, I kind of like lost my train of thought. Kenny. No, no, it's all good. Are you referring to the motto with uh, good life and how it relates to making your, let's say, team it, feel like a team? It's it's just like it's just like good life's full whole motto and just like the caring, the trust, like our kind of our like core values, mm-hmm. right? And those because are... it's like make Cana- make every Canadian um, feel like they can work out, and then there's the caring, there's a peak attitude. It's just like passion. It's just like having like like something that we all agree with. It's like we all care about our clients, right? And we all really care about you know having this, you know. You know, success is all driven upon having a strong philosophy, right? You know, you have this amazing philosophy as if like, hey, I want to come into work and I want to make sure that everything that I'm doing for these clients is actually going to help them. You know, are we going the extra mile for people? Especially when they're paying a dollar a minute. Yeah. And like, and are we like, you know, gaining results out of this? And, you know, something I sat down with my team with is, you know, we sat down together and we said, hey, where do we see this club? You know, what kind of things do we want to see in this club in the next, like, you know, year to two years? I told them what I wanted. I said, hey, this is my vision of what I see. Okay, let me know if this is how you feel about this what did you or say? something that we should tweak. I said, I see that this club being a top 10 club in the company. Sick. I said, there is no way that we are not the top club in Western Canada. I said, we have a beautiful gym, a beautiful facility, and we have even better trainers. I said, I want to have this commitment from you guys, though. I said, in order for this vision to work, everybody's got to buy into this. Yeah. Right. And that's the same thing that I was talking about my previous coaches and what I wish would happen more is I wish that we had that like identity that we all had the same thing. Like, hey, 
every coach is like, oh, we were going to win the championship this year, but no one bought into it. No one talked about it after practice. No one talked about it during practice. We all went to practice. We went home. We did hung out with our friends and our homework. But no one was like dreaming about this like championship. Mm. Look at look at the top teams in the world, right? You can look at the Lakers when the Lakers were winning. When LeBron came onto the team, do you think he came and was like just dribbling around doing layup drills? Oh no, man! LeBron probably came down there, sat Dwight Howard down. He's like, man, you're gonna become a champion. He's like, man, I don't want to be seeing baby Dwight anymore, right? You know, he probably sat down with everybody on that team, Kyrie, whatever. And he's like, we're creating a winning culture here. And he knew it took the team. He had to get everyone. I guess not Kyrie out in Cleveland, but you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. Right? It took every single person's buy-in because you only have so much time in your own day. Yeah. You only have so much, so many eyes and so much time to be yeah. able to give that to. Right, so when you you when you times that by a dozen, which yeah. is what you're doing, and you get twelve big hell yeahs, yeah. you get every single person on board. They're gunning for it now. And man, the people that don't buy in, they don't last anyways. And like that's just the unfortunate part of it. You know what? And that's not saying that you know everyone needs to strive to become a top performer in any industry, right? That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, if you want to be a part of a great culture that you're going to last with forever, I hope that you hire people or I hope that you're surrounding yourself with people with like-minded goals, mm-hmm. right? And that's something I even take into my hiring process is like, is this person really true, truthfully into this mm-hmm. because they care for these clients, they want to produce results and they want to be successful, mm-hmm. right? That is something I, I love to see with somebody is like, can I sense their passion through questions that I'm asking them? I don't care about their education. Honestly, I'm not the most educated person if you look at my resume, right? What we talked about before about, you know, not going to school. I don't have a bachelor's degree, a PhD, five years of kinesiology. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, man, I found the best trainers in the world is people that are just coming in hot. They have a passion for this because they'll learn. Mm-hmm. Those are the people taking the courses, yeah. right? The people that have five-year kinesis degrees, sometimes they come in, right, and they don't have that same practical component or the love for it. they just like, hey, I have to go to school. What is something? Oh, you know, I like working out. I like the body. Might as well go into kinesiology, right? Then they go into training. Personality. Yeah. Right? Right? And, you know, kind of directing back on towards, like, how to, like, you know, really create a successful team. Man, we just talked about it and went, went over it. Habits. And I tell this, and I ingrain this through everybody's head. I'm like, what habits are we doing? I get everyone to read the book, Atomic Habits. Oh, Everybody. beautiful, hey? <laughs> Amazing book, man. Honestly, it changed my life. You want your trainers to make awesome lifestyle changes? Or if you're a trainer yeah. and you're saying that you put personal in personal training and you give someone recommended healthy habits, read Atomic Habits. It'll guide you through how to actually coach someone it's, it's on a, how to turn Amazing. I it. swear it's the first book I've read. Like, actually, like, besides, like, you know, fictional books that I guess <laughs> don't matter anyways. But this book was amazing. And how I actually ended up reading, and this is actually a bit of a strategy for people listening that don't actually like to read books. Because I'm not somebody that can sit down and open a book up and read it. Mm-hmm. Right? I also, you know, I'm not someone that could just listen to an audiobook when I'm working out. You know, I got to get into my workout. I got to go put on some Drake or whatever, yeah, you know, some tunes. get into it. Yeah. But, um, but what the thing that I associated reading with and educating was driving, right? Driving is something I do so often, right? And you know what? I'll actually get a little bit deeper into this too. Cause I mean, I'll be real on here. Respectful. You know, like I had a pretty bad, like, you know, on and off vaping addiction for a while. Like, you know, I wouldn't even call it an addiction, but like something that someone in the health industry shouldn't be doing. 
Okay. Right. You know, when I was 18, I thought it was cool to have one. And, you know, back when they had the big rigs and then, you know, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? You get in the clouds. Right. And then, you know, it was something that I just never could like truly knock off. And, and, you know, from this book, reading it, I made that habit unattractive. Right. And how do I make that happen unattractive? Same thing. Would the person uh, five years down the road, would he be vaping? Would the person that I'm trying to be in 10 years, you know, would he attract the, the partner that he wants doing that? Would I want my partner doing that? Not necessarily. Right. So, you know, why am I setting expectations I wouldn't expect onto somebody else? Right. So I made this um, habit so unattractive, which the book kind of talks about. And then, you know, I associated something I needed to do with something I, I had to do, right? So I have to drive, right? I have to go to work. I have to drive to jujitsu. I have to, you know, drive to see my parents, You right? combine two healthy habits together yeah. at the same time. And the reason why I could do that, because every time I'd want to do it, I didn't do it just normally. Like I wouldn't go for a break of smoking, but I would, in, in my car, I would do it. It's like I was bored, yeah. right? Need and something to do. It was a bored thing to do. And I feel like now that I've turned my brain on to something productive, you know, reading books um, while I'm driving, it, it totally stopped the craving. And now I haven't been doing it for probably like, you know, f- four or five months. Haven't even thought back on it, man. You've had a all. very healthy replacement. At all. Right. right. You know, and then you'll know, add in hobbies that are going to like take you out of that habit. Right. You know, even biting your nails. Right. You know, that's well. Not biting as a hobby, but the hobby would be jujitsu and Muay Thai. Mm-hmm. But even to another habit, right? Lots of people bite their nails when they're nervous, yep. right? You know, that's a habit I had to fix as well, mm. right? How did I kind of fix that habit is I made it unattractive, right? You know, imagine seeing somebody with really gross nails, right? You're on a date, you know, they're passing you food. You're having like this intimate moment. All of a sudden they reach out for your hand or whatever. <laughs> like they're passing you some of their food. Ew. You see their nails? <laughs> Man, I would, I, personally, I would be kind of grossed out. Mm-hmm. But but I'm ex- quick. Yeah, I'm expecting that out of someone I'm not doing myself, right? And that's again, it's like that introspective. You know, how can I become better? And I think that all relates to a strong philosophy we have, right? You know, are we becoming better every day? Like my philosophy is honestly like getting one percent better. You know, it's something I've actually. Um, I'll shout out my buddy Jefferson, right? He's somebody that you know said this all the time, but it's something that's just so relatable. You know, if you're 1% better every day, you're 365% better every year, which means, you know, you times that by 10 years, maybe you're 3,000. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. No, but, but like, it's true. Right. You know? So true. Because it's like what we say as well with what we do is like, okay, I'm sure there's a million things you're going to walk into tomorrow Monday that you feel like needs to get done yeah. and adjusted or improved. It's like, all right, well, why don't I just focus on one, yeah. one tangible thing a day? And that doesn't even just go into the workplace for people. That goes into their personal lives, yeah. right? Like what is something that's missing that I could just work on today? Okay, I'm finding that I'm being a little bit more distracted. Okay, so I'm being distracted. It's coming from, oh, I keep going on my phone while I'm at the dinner table. Okay, I'm just going to, you know what? I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm actually going to learn it from James Clear's Atomic Habits book, Make It Invisible. I'm not going to have my phone on me. I'm going to keep it upstairs in my room. Now when I'm at the dinner table, I have no phone to look at. 
it's tempting when it's in the pocket, right? Oh, it's tempting yeah. to look at the Apple Watch every time it buzzes. Yeah. But we have to create these habits for ourselves. And I love how you mentioned like all these things you've done from reading the book. Because I feel like we're in a generation, man, where we'll read these things all day, but we won't apply it. Exactly. And you're applying it. You read that and you clearly yeah. made these tangible adjustments in your life. And yeah. that's action awesome. Action creates man. action, man. Like, yeah. you know, like if you don't do something, you're never going to continue to do it. Right. You know, my main thing when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I just got to get up and move. I don't have a plan of what I'm doing, but I know once I'm moving, I'm going to keep on moving. Right. Action creates action with with everything. Right. So you learn something, you apply it. Right. You don't apply it. You forget it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's just the way the world works is, you know, we, we learn all these things through school, through through, um, you know, our peers, through our mentors. And we forget if we don't apply it. I don't remember a damn trigon- trigonometry thing I've done in grade 10. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't tell you like I know A squared, B squared equals C squared. That's about it. Right. I don't know half the things I learned in biology. Why? Because I didn't apply it. Right. That's the only way we're going to retain things. You know, our brain only holds a certain amount of traits of memory, you know, at a certain time, right? But our brain holds so much, right? But if you don't use it or apply it, it's just going to leave, Yeah, it's right? Gone. And that's why it's important to, you know, keep on putting positive, great things into your head and keep on continuing to get better with yourself through education, through application of it, right? And that's not even going to lead you just to be a great trainer, but just a great person, Yeah, right? And that's the thing that, you know, if we're hyping this to our clients, uh, sorry, not our clients, but our associates, right? Or our staff members, they're going to start applying these principles too. And that's where you start seeing the growth, right? Once everybody has that same mentality and you're spreading it, right? That's what creates good culture. It's not the fact that, you know, you're coming in, you're happy or, you know, telling them how to make sales. It's changing somebody's mentality a little bit as well. The same way, you know, I feel like a lot of people have helped me change and structured mine. And that, that's just it is that last part where you know, you realize that you're constantly a work in progress, but then you're allowing other people to recognize that they're a work in progress. Yeah. And you never just reach a point where you're like, okay, I am God now. <laughs> like, you're never just like, I've done it no. all. Never. Right. And that's why I, I give my trainers kudos. Where I'm like, listen, do any of your clients or potential clients know that you have a trainer? Yeah. Like you're someone that's been in the game for so long and you have a coach. Why yeah. is that? They just say it. They're like, oh, Kenny, like. It's nice having someone be able to, you know, track your progress. It's like, okay, great. Now let's let others know where, you know, we're getting consultations saying, I already know enough, bro. Like, <laughs> I know what I'm doing. It's like, okay, well, I mean, that's that's not all reason to believe that you can still benefit from something yeah. like this. It's such a, right? such a toxic mentality, you know, like not being coachable. And that's that was a yep. bad thing that I had to get over mm. is being able to take advice, you know, being able to not be, like I said, the top dog in the room. Right. That's such a horrible, like, you know, trait that we have to just delete with everything. Right. And now and those are like the kind of skill sets that you learn by just humbling yourself. You go to a jujitsu class, you get choked out a few times. Mm -hmm. You realize, wow, you know, I got so much to learn. You got to lose. Yeah. You have to lose. You have to eat shit. Yeah. You have to, and you have to eat shit again. Yeah. You got to keep eating shit until you realize, oh my goodness, I keep making the same damn mistake. That was me and jujitsu. Yeah, man. And that's, right? and that's such a problem we have in today's day and age. And actually this is like, I get pretty serious about this because it's so true is 
people that aren't putting themselves into hobbies, that aren't putting them, themselves into organized groups. If you want to educate population, you put them into organized groups. You teach them adversity. You teach them how to lose. You teach them how to be humble and winning. That's going to take somebody further in, a, in an environment than anything. Why do you think that so many uh, athletes go into training, right? And, and those ones are successful, right? It's because that they learn these skills, right? When kids are growing up and they're going through junior high and high school that don't go through these organized sports or go through organized hobbies, sometimes they don't develop in the same way. It's scary. And I feel like... I have family members like that. It's it's, it's, it's horrible. Scary. It's horrible. And like... They're in their rooms all day playing video games. Yeah. And it's they like, don't develop these skills and then they never can go out into the world and be successful. And I'm not saying that's for every case, right? Yes, there's people that can be successful with it. But it's important for us to realize that, you know, learning adversity, learning obstacles in life and all this is just going to lead you for every single career that you do. Right. But why is that happening? And I think that the schools, I mean, we're going to off top a little bit, but the school system a little bit, right, has to do a better job of offering more of these organized sports. Mm -hmm. Right. How many teams are, how many football teams are there per school? It's scary, actually. Not every school has it. Yeah. Well, exactly. So some schools don't even have it, but there's usually one, maybe a junior varsity and a senior varsity out of 1400 kids. Right. So now we're saying, okay, so if you're not good enough to make the team right now, okay, you're cut. What happens to that kid? Right. Maybe he doesn't have like a good life at home. Maybe his parents aren't supportive. That's true. Right. Maybe they can't afford for him to go into hockey or anything else. Right. So now that kid doesn't do anything for so long. What do people resort to? They resort to drugs. They resort to, you know, hanging out with the wrong groups of but people. But that's the thing. Think about it from that alternative perspective. Yeah. Drugs, hang out with other people. It's still an element of collective there. There's still an element yeah, of being exactly, a part of yes. something. And exactly, because right? everyone's looking for their way in. Oops, right? Everyone's looking for their way in, right? So if we were to be able to offer more of these abilities for us to get kids into a better organized group that is actually going to help them later in life, I think we would have a lot more kids and a lot more competition in life and more people just happy. I agree. Right? You know, most of the, the clients that we get nowadays are people that, you know, weren't in organized sports and, you know, didn't know how to lose weight and, you know, never learned a lot of these things. So they come for us for guidance. And hey, you know, I want to make, get clients and, you know, be able to help people out as well. But I would love for for them to have known this, right? I can see how much of an impact fitness made for me and how I can go along with my life having energy and being passionate, coming on a podcast like this. But some people might not have that opportunity and then all of it i find trickles down to something i live off of where it's like get yourself be get yourself being comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah where it's like you know coming on a podcast okay never done it there's a little element of discomfort there it's like okay i'm gonna have to speak to a potential audience where anyone can listen to this and i have to be the most raw authentic self okay let's do it (laughs) then there's like to your point going into other elements of like okay i have to make sure i'm coming in as myself to be a part of something right and when you onboard a client where they don't even know the feeling of what it's like to challenge themselves. There's a lot of layers that we have to be able to peel through that, right? Yeah. And like we're able to get someone to finally buy into their best self. Yeah, and I think yeah. as a new trainer that's nervous about asking those deep questions because they're like, wow, I, I wouldn't want someone asking me, you know, what kind of social atmospheres my weight affects me in, yeah. right? But we have to know this because yeah. you know what? We're never going to change someone's mindset or get them motivated again until we can tell them that we can help them. Sometimes they don't even realize, right? Like, hey, if someone's, if you're really overweight, I'm sure it affects you in a lot of aspects of life, 
right? It probably affects you with your cardio, obviously, with things, your sports, but it more importantly, it probably affects your relationships. It affects, you know, your communications with people, the way you view yourself, right? All of that is like this branching effect of things that are happening and it trickles down. No, it's what's right? not being said. Yeah. So that's, that's why you got to find it's like there's all these things that get impacted. So what's the core thing, yeah. right? Why are you here? What is something that is really driving you to want to lose this weight? What parts of your life are really affected? Yeah, of course, you know, your cardio is down. You want to be more athletic. But what does that mean? Yeah. Like, are we actually able to find reasons that that's going to motivate somebody? And that's why we're doing this. It's not to trick somebody into buying with us, right? It's that the fact that I actually want to help you. Yeah. And if you're coming into every single consultation with that mindset, you'll realize that more people are going to trust you and you're going to see that, wow, like I'm a successful trainer, not because I want to make money or because I want to become a successful trainer, but it's because I'm able to gain trust with somebody and I really do care about this person. Yeah. You can only fake it for so long. And and I want to give you huge kudos to that because I've heard you do this and you've given me advice on this, man, that I've actually started doing and it's working where it reminds me and we could end on this note where many people who come especially who are overweight or need some sort of guidance physically or mentally with a personal trainer they've had a lot of their loved ones they've had a lot of people inadvertently or directly give up on them and it's so easy for them to do a consultation with you and then just say okay i'm gonna think about it mm-hmm. genuinely gonna think about it and you're so good at being like okay wait hold on you just told me how badly you need help you just told me how badly you've been trying to make this work. Mm-hmm. I'm not about to let you just leave out that door without getting something. Because you have to now recognize that it's time to commit. Because I'm here to yeah, help you out. Because they're scared. Like, and yeah. like, this is true. It's like, of course. You know, it's this, it's, it's like you said, putting yourself in that uncomfortable position. You haven't worked out in so long. Of course you're gonna think about it. Because mm-hmm. you're scared, right? You're nervous about doing this. Definitely. Right? I actually use this a time to reflect on your own times. You've you've said this. Right. You're like, oh, like you like postpone something. Like, oh, okay. You know what? I'm going to quit smoking on Monday. I'm going to quit it on this day. Right. And realize like, are you prolonging something you're scared to do because you feel like you'll fail? Right. Or, you know, you have to do it. But like, it's, it's just all comes down to being scared. Right. And if you can tell somebody, just ask them, like I've straight up looked at somebody and said, hey, be honest with me right now. Are you scared to do this? Are you scared to commit? And they'll say yes. And then I'm going to be like, then allow me to be that crutch and that person to help you. It's clutch. Right? And if you're actually meaning it, they will feel it. Oh, yeah. Right? You can teach someone to say something. Right? But until that you actually mean it, that energy will not come across. I'm a firm believer that someone's going to read your compassion and your energy through your words. Mm-hmm. Right? That someone else could say the exact same thing and it wouldn't resonate. So really ask yourself, do you really mean it? Do you really want to do that? And those are the personal trainers that stick it out because the ones that actually want to be in it stay because they're in it to change lives, like genuinely, you know? So, yeah. man, I, I appreciate everything you said, man. I, we could talk for hours. That I know. A, that was such a pleasure to have you on and appreciate it. be able to just, you know, I want to acknowledge you, man, like the growth that you've been personally making and are continue to making after this conversation, it entirely shines through to the success you and your team are gaining and through the lives you guys are changing. You that? know, like it's been about what, 32 new clients that you've onboarded in the past two months inside the building over at Brewery District Edmonton at Good yeah. Life. And outside of that, just your 
personal journey in getting back to something you loved, challenging yourself. You're at a time in your life, man, where like you're grabbing life by the balls and you're owning it. And you know, there's no other way I can put that because no, I appreciate it. You know, you're very easy to talk to, man. You're, you're someone who I'm very, very excited to just continuously following and seeing, you know, where your life takes you. So um, if you don't mind sharing with our guests, we're hearing from you for the first time, uh, where they can follow you and where they can continue supporting your journey. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, Kenny. Obviously, it's it's a pleasure talking with you always, man. And like, you know, I definitely look up to you as well. So yeah, if you guys want to follow me, my Instagram handle is Matt Heinrichs 10. Um, so M-A-T-T, actually, no, sorry, just Matt Heinrichs. So M-A-T-T-H-E-I-N-R-I-C-H-S. Um, I have a fitness account and just a normal account, so feel free to follow both. Sweet. Um, and yeah, so I would say just follow me on that handle right now, and hopefully I can open up more things eventually. So That's awesome. And uh, yeah, for those of you who felt like you gained any level of value, which I'm sure there's so much from this episode that you're going to take into consideration applying your life, then feel free to share it, like us, review us um, on Second Floor Podcast on all platforms. and. Um, we hope that everyone continues to survive, thrive, and keep the good vibes going in life, business, and health. <laughs> let's go, baby. Awesome. Let's go. There it is. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Thanks. Matt.